Monsoon, the Monsoon. maelstrom of pop culture discussion. Hey, so uh, it's just me and Josh in the studio today. Mm-hmm. Um, we we realized that it turns out getting three people to all be on the same schedule is a little trickier than we thought. It is a little bit, a uh, little bit. And we've missed several shows over the holidays because of that. So we're just gonna we're just gonna wing it from now on. If we only get two of us, great. If we only get if we can get all three of us, perfect. If we can only get one of us, we're gonna find a guest. Uh, <laughs> but this or week, or may just talk talk at you for an hour straight. We'll yeah, see what happens? I I could certainly. Do that. Yeah, I mean, I can sit here talk about a comic for an hour straight and I, yeah. everyone to tears. Yeah. Um, this week we've got me and Josh, but we also do have a special guest. Ooh. Um, we have we have a friend of mine, the author Tom Levine. Tom, say hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> okay, that was a gimme. That yeah, was a gimme. Yeah, I yeah. apologize. No, I, I set that up exactly. You hit it out of the park. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tom and I have been friends for, God, 10, almost 15 years probably? Fifteen sounds about right. Yep. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. That's that's. Uh, I was going to say too long, but that's not true. That's not long enough. <laughs> um, well, I, n- the good news is neither of us have changed, so we've got that going for us. Well, I did get my haircut last week. What? Yeah. Well, I donated it, but oh, wow, like yeah. short? No, 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 no. I I, okay. cu- I cut a foot and a half off, and I had about two feet. So. Oh okay. Yeah. So that's it's fine. still it's just it's it's not quite to my shoulders yet. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, huh. yeah. Scare me. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Tom, you've written some stuff. I've written some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Couple um, things. Why don't you give us a quick introduction of yourself? But we're mostly not just going to be interviewing you for an hour. Oh, okay, that sounds, I guess, good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I started my first novel. Came out in 2010. It was called Party. And it was, I, I, I discovered, I was told that it was young adult contemporary fiction, which is kind of a long phrase for mm-hmm. John Hughes, basically, is what that means. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I had no idea that that's what I, what I had written. That's just what we ended up selling. And I happened to catch uh, sort of a, a rising uh, tide at that point that that genre was becoming kind of the thing. So that worked out very nicely for me. Most everything I've published with traditional publishers like Random House, Simon & Schuster, have been in that genre or subgenres of it, like horror, sure. for example. Yep. Um, last year, I was really excited last year, my horror novel, Hellworld, was a Bram Stoker Award finalist, which was oh, pretty, nice. pretty, mm-hmm. yeah. That was, uh, that's probably one of, one of my favorite things that's happened in the last 10 years or so. Um, so yeah, so currently nine traditionally published novels uh, out. Uh, last one was Mercy Rule, and that was, oh, I think February of last year. Was it that and long ago already? <laughs> I think it was, man. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it was two weeks ago. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty sure it was like February, March of last year. Okay. Uh, yeah, that went fast. And then the other thing that uh, was, I mean, there have been some really fun things that have happened as a result, one of which I got to work on, I think, four or five issues of Spawn with Todd McFarlane uh, two yeah. years ago now, I think. Cool. Uh, yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. Yeah, I, I have, it's, it's at least five because I have them all. So <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. That was not something I, I ever expected to do, uh, but that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I've just been doing that and I've, I've uh, self-published a few things, mostly uh, horror novellas and some uh, some writing texts that are all on Amazon and various, you know, the usual uh, e-platforms. 
Um, and then I do a lot of teaching and speaking uh, here in town, here in Arizona, and mm-hmm. uh, all over the country. And I got to go to Germany once on a 10-day book tour with the U.S. Embassy. That was really nice. cool. How was that? Very fun trip. That was the coolest thing ever, and it blew my mind. I hadn't. I had been out of the country once my sophomore year of high school. Okay. I went to London for a week, and when you're 15, you don't really appreciate the trip. I don't think I was like, hey, you, they'll serve us wine at the Pizza Hut. Like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very different set of priorities. <laughs> very different. Very, very different. Whereas this time I got to go, I was a little bit older, uh, and I got to go with my wife, mm-hmm. and I was, um, by the time we got home, I think the number one takeaway for me was uh, the, the impact that being surrounded by oceans has had on this country. Like, we are so isolated compared to other nations in the world. Um, yeah. It, it, it's just, it really, really has gone a long way towards defining our culture and our characteristic, I think. Um, versus in Germany, we were talking with some... Everybody speaks English, by the way. Like, literally everyone there speaks English or three or four languages. Sure, right. Um, I met a kid, uh, a high school student. I think he was 15. Okay. And we were talking to him about language, and, he's, and he spoke, I think, German, Spanish, something else, like Italian maybe or something. And then he's like, well, Latin, but not very well. I'm like, son of are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I barely speak English very well, so. Exactly. Oh, I know. <laughs> So that was interesting. And then some, some of the hosts we were with were like, well, you know, next time you come, because there's apparently a next time, sure. like, we'll just drive down to, to the, the Italian coast and, and catch fish and, and have a fish fry. And I'm like, what do you mean drive to Italy? Like, that's got to be, it's like a flight. <laughs> like, no, it's like a couple hours from here. Like, get, what? Yeah. That's so, insane. So you grew up in Arizona, though, right? Correct. Born okay. and raised. Right. So being from Massachusetts, I can say that like even just the Massachusetts is a much smaller state physically than Arizona. Um, and and even that difference is, yeah, I to me, going to a different state doesn't sound like a big deal because we my mom's best friend is in, in Rhode Island. I have relatives in Connecticut and New Hampshire and Vermont. So like we were <laughs> driving state to state all the time. Um, yeah, it's definitely a culture shock when you come from a big state right. and you go to a little state. Right. Like, I, I, I had that experience when I went northeast and somebody said, oh, yeah, hey, we're going to drive over to Jersey, you know, for the day. And I'm like, what do you mean for the day? It's going to take us all day to get over there. We're going <laughs> right. to drive across the state? <laughs> right. And it's like, no, it's, it's like, like 45 no, minutes yeah, away. It's like a half hour drive. Yeah. Right? Like, oh. No, that's that's a flight where I come from. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any yeah. state is a flight away. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's awesome <laughs> it was it was it was a very good trip i was very fortunate to do it um learned a lot about our country mm-hmm. and uh how other things work uh in other parts of the globe and i came away really thinking that it's uh, this idea and I, th- I believe it originated uh, low these many years ago in in europe uh, this idea of the kind of the year off and to go and travel and all that kind of stuff and it sounds so um, like entitled i guess but mm-hmm. now that i've i've been on that trip i'm like oh yeah no get out you have got to get out you don't i don't care where you go but get out of this country yeah for like as, at least a couple months if not longer a year would be better and see how the rest of the world operates and mm-hmm. it will completely change your perspective i think yeah yeah i i tend to agree with that and and you know again even just going from one side of america to the other uh, yeah like you know and i i just got back uh, i visited for thanksgiving and then um i had to go back for a funeral like a month later um and even just those quick tr- couple of trips um just in the last couple of months it's like Ma- new england and arizona are so different like it's still yeah. america it, everyone's still speaking english <laughs> but like just just even the the environment and like the the 
like biosphere in the two areas is just so yeah. entirely different that it felt like I was in almost a different country. Oh, sure. Yeah, I think I had a trip uh, several years ago to Atlanta, and I was like, what's all this green stuff? Like, there's <laughs> green everywhere. What yeah. the hell? Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it is. It's very different like that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there was a trip I took a couple of years ago, um, 2012, actually. Uh, I remember specifically, I came back to Arizona in August, um, <laughs> and I, I, I came from, you know, Massachusetts where everything was green and everything was lush and, and trees and it was middle of summer, right? And I come back here to the desert and everything just looked dead. And I was like, I, I remember looking out the car door on the way back from the airport, uh, car window rather, and uh, just thinking I, it looked like the surface of Mars. Like it was, yeah. just, it was flat and brown and dead. <laughs> and I was like, I, okay, all right. Like this is this is where I am now. Why am I here? <laughs> it's one of the things, yeah, it, it is uh, something that I, I used to avoid in my writing, and now I've kind of plunged headlong into it, is talking more about living in Phoenix and the culture of Phoenix and mm -hmm. the culture of the state. Um, because, I, you know, from what I've heard, there are still particularly younger people who haven't had a chance to travel as much, whatever. People like back east, where, where you're talking about, mm -hmm. who think we still ride horses to work and stuff, you know? Yeah, or that our like, state no. is an entire desert. They right. think our entire state is just one big cactus farm. I, I Yeah. Yeah, I will tell you before I moved out here, I thought everyone still lived in like grass huts and rode the horse and buggy and or or yeah. it looked like a John Wayne movie. Yeah, they literally yep. think we all live in Adobe houses uh -huh. and there's no water anywhere, everything's dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so it's an interesting culture thing and I've I've begun trying to because I, I do love it here this is I think just I was born and raised here mm -hmm. and I, I'm kind of a desert rat that way and getting to talk more about it and describe more of it in, in the books of late has become kind of a focus of mine and trying to let people know like we're, are we, we were the sixth largest city are we the fifth now I think Oh, I think I, they moved up. In terms I, of population? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. to look that uh, up. I know we're constantly growing. Right. And yes. we're one of the fastest growing cities in the country. Mm -hmm. So I would yeah. imagine we're, if we haven't passed that mark, we will be soon. Yeah. 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 We're pretty close if we haven't. Like, yeah. yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. And yet the buses still only run once every 35 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, infrastructure was never our strong suit. Well, <laughs> I will say that the grid layout of the streets is fantastic and, and is, you know, compared to compared to Massachusetts where everything is just the path that the horse and buggy could go on because we can't go we can't go through that. There's a rock there. Right. <laughs> Here, I was like, well, everything's flat, so let's just make a nice, you know, north-south, east-west grid. And, yeah, man. Uh, Straight know, lines yeah. and a couple circles. We're good. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and and just Grand Avenue going diagonally across the yeah, city. Yeah. yeah. And see, I hate Grand Avenue for that very reason. <laughs> that, that throws me, man. I will avoid Grand Because I went to New Jersey once on a, on a trip, and right. they had those roundabout things, uh -huh. and I'm like, thank God I wasn't driving. I would still be there. <laughs> like, look, look don't, it's Big Ben Parliament. It was anytime. one of those things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't go down to Tucson anytime uh, in the near future, then. If you try to drive down uh, Grand down there, or Grant, whatever it is, it's a nightmare now. They put in these things called Michigan left turns that are just, if you want to make oh a left God. turn, you have to go like go right. a mile down uh -huh. and get to a stoplight, and then go like past the stoplight, make a u-turn and come back down the road the other direction oh goodness yeah it's oh, crazy no thanks i think <laughs> i think i remember being at a six-way intersection when i was back for thanksgiving at one point that's insanity yeah what? yeah yeah just because that's how the streets converge there were there wow. were six streets and two of them were parallel and it was nope. like I, all right like <laughs> this is what we get for not plowing the city first i don't, I don't know <laughs> 
All right. Well, here I got a question for you. So, since you're an author, and uh, I've only gotten to start reading one of your books so far, uh, just starting on sick, and uh, I got a question: is like, who are your biggest influences as far as your writing goes? Uh, Stephen King, for sure. Okay. It probably goes without saying these days, I suppose. Um, but I, I grew up reading him way too young. I don't know who, like no one was paying any attention to what I was reading. So I grew up with all of his, uh, particularly the short story collections like Night Shift and Skeleton Crew. Okay. Um, those were a big influence on me. I think I started reading him in like fifth grade. Um, and like I said, nobody stopped me. So I just jumped into it um, and patterned a lot of my early writing after his, because uh, that's what we do when we start off. We, we kind of mimic yeah. or in some cases just flat out steal or copy the people that we're reading. And that's, that's how we right. learn. You write what you Read, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so that for sure, Stephen King. Um, a lot of the the old pulp horror guys that are still around, um, like uh, I wouldn't say Dean Koontz is, is pulp necessarily, but he was he was around back then. And then uh, oh, who's the other guy? Uh, John Saul, I think, who is an interesting writer, different, a very different <laughs> type mm-hmm. of writer, but still kind of in that genre. Um, and then I would I would say, uh, frankly, a lot of film because I grew up in the the heyday of you know anything that was scored by john williams i got to see you know it was usually um back when we had the the real what we all what i would call the real cine capri here in (laughs) phoenix uh, where there was literally no aisle of you know in between the seats it was just one big ass auditorium um and i think star wars was my very very first movie i saw probably six or seven when i saw star wars for the first time and those films, all the Steven Spielberg films, um, Jaws, E.T., you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, of course, all those, huge impact, huge impact yeah. on, I think, storytelling and kind of structure and uh, what, uh, what the hero is supposed to do. And a lot of that's changed over the years. We didn't have anti-heroes so much back then, I don't think, the way we do uh, these days. Just in comic books, really. Yeah. in comic books. Right, right. Um, and I didn't, I didn't grow up with comic books. I was introduced to them much later, kind of in high school, mm-hmm. um, and started becoming a little bit more. Fr- I think Wolverine was probably the first anti-hero I was ever really introduced <laughs> yeah. to. Like, wow, yeah, this that's, guy. That's about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so, okay, so I'm not alone, right? No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, those are probably the biggest influences, I think. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I, I'm enjoying so far. Sick. It, it's it's good so far. Uh, what? Thank you. Do you have other types aside from like the uh, the horror, or is it just is that mostly your fo- focus? Um, I would say, at the, so in terms of the the stuff that I've published so far, yeah, there's the I would say two or three horror slash thriller uh, genre, and then the rest of them have been more contemporary realistic. So kind okay. of like you know, I made I mean I made the John Hughes joke, but it's true. It's kind of like the yeah, Party uh, is kind of a John Hughes movie as a yeah, as a yeah. yeah. And it there's nothing of, wrong with that at all. No. I mean, come on. Oh no, 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 no. But it's it's you know, a group of kids learning about themselves and each other and stuff like that. It's probably I would I hope a little bit more realistic and gritty than John Hughes was uh, back in his day. Although I you know, it's it's a shame that he's gone. Because it'd be curious to see what his response to uh, modern uh, adolescence would be because it's mm. it's different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as different as a lot of older people think it is but it is different so yeah. and Johnny's like movies definitely weren't very edgy there, there well, wasn't much there wasn't much edge in Shermer, Illinois there <laughs> <laughs> there was but it was under the it wasn't Blatant, yeah, uh, okay, and it was enough, stuff that was a little more socially acceptable back then, yeah, right. Because there is, well, I mean, well, there's the senior breakfast club where Bender is under the table, uh, yeah. you know, poking it at, uh, yeah, uh, Molly Ringwald and stuff, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's. Uh, yeah. In 
retrospect. In, in retrospect, retrospect, yeah. That's... At the time, nobody really noticed. Right. It, it, no. the thing. Right, yeah. Uh, and the thing, you know, when he pitched The Breakfast Club, all the producers were like, no one's going to watch a movie about a bunch of teenagers sitting around talking. And the, <laughs> they were probably right until the movie came out and then discovered, oh, yes, they will. Yeah, people okay. will watch Sorry. Yeah. Hey, yeah. no one has ever made this movie before, therefore we don't want to make this movie because we don't know what it will do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's pretty much the story of Hollywood always. Is, I mean, isn't that always. how yes. all the biggest I mean, movies even, are, right? Even now it's going that way. Oh, we don't want to make a female superhero movie and then one of them comes out, oh, that made a lot of money. Yeah. We oh, should probably yeah. make some more of those. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so even with yeah, like that's a quick on the uptake. Right. Superheroes aren't great movies. X-Men comes out, makes a bunch, oh, we need to start doing superhero yeah, movies yeah, again. Yeah. Yeah. And then Spider-Man <laughs> came out and doubled what they yeah, did, so, yeah. yeah. Everyone was scared after <laughs> the nipples on the bat suit. <laughs> understandably, understandably. But, uh, yeah. Oh, man. I hadn't thought about bat suit nipples in a long time. Thank you. That's Unfortunately, good. it's scarred into my brain. I think about yeah. it too much. <laughs> It's so true. I wake up in cold sweats. Bad <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, Andy, yeah. what's going on in nerd culture today? Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> lots of stuff. So last night, I finished rereading IDW's entire Transformers run. Nice. Um, and then this morning, I decided I wanted to read some more comics. So okay. uh, I checked out a couple of things that actually we had been talking about on the show before. All right. Um, the Conan the Barbarian series has started up. Okay, the, I read the, the first two of those as well. I'm okay, to see yeah. What you think. I just read the first one this morning. Um, it's Jason Aaron and Mahmoud Asur. I probably butchered yeah, that. Yeah, I'm name. not sure on the. Uh, how to say that. I really dug the first issue. Yeah, I dug the crap out of the first one. Yeah, didn't like the second one. Really? Yeah. Mm. I kind of felt like the first one was like, all right, I'm going with this, and the second uh-huh. one just. I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of the old Conan comics. Uh, sure. I used to get the you know those giant sized ones that oh, they used to yeah, sell. Oh yeah, like, the big treasure. Yeah, editions. I used to get those all the time when I was a kid. And just the first issue felt like, all right, we got Conan back. And uh-huh. then the second issue was like, this doesn't feel like Conan. It just the character himself just felt a little out of place. But it's only the second issue, right? So it's not really like I'm not right. judging the series or anything. It's just I was like, well, the first issue I was so hyped. The second yeah. issue went. And, and so there's a couple things that happened there, right? In in the old uh, Roy Thomas days of Conan, right? Um, it was one issue was one story. Yeah. And now comics are very much one story is five or six issues. Yeah. Right? Uh, and the first issue of the new one was almost double-sized, I want to say. Uh, and I noticed that there were no ads in it that weren't Marvel House ads. Yeah. There was, all, right? everything was in-house. Yeah. So, and they did, yeah. A, and, and, and even then, like, no, it, it, it felt like there the, were fewer ads than normal. Yeah. And with the price of comics today, that one <laughs> felt like it was worth the five yeah. bucks I paid for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it didn't, didn't feel like I was getting gypped like I have felt like that with some of the some of not those. necessarily either company or any sure, you know right. what I mean just but like just comics that in general. five dollar price tag is, is starting to yeah yeah getting rough. so it's nice that number two is only four bucks um yeah, wow. and and uh, number two is kind. Of, it feels like it, that's probably actually going to be the start of the first yeah. you know, story arc. Yeah, so it'll be interesting how so, it goes. Like I'm yeah. looking forward to the art. I really liked. Yeah. So I yeah. Mean, we'll see how everything goes. I, mean, I don't expect every issue of every comic to be no fantastic. No, but it was a it was a good start to that yeah. new series. Yeah, no, that first issue was fantastic. Yeah. It was it was enough to make me go, okay, I'm going to try reading this. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a reboot? Or are they starting over? Or what if they decide to do Kind of. Marvel yeah. has Conan now. So this is like the reboot within Marvel. Hmm. Yeah, so it kicks off where um, it, it they're not starting over from scratch. Like this isn't Conan's first adventure or anything. But it, it, okay. they sort of frame it where the first couple pages are like, so there's this guy called Conan. You've probably heard of him at, by this point. Uh, <laughs> and eventually he became king. But this is this this is some stories about what happens to him before that, 
And okay. uh, it's, so the first part is kind of a flashback, and then the end of the story is, okay, now that that's over and he's king, hey, that character came back, and now he's got to deal with that. Okay. So, um, yeah, so it, it is a soft reboot. None of the stuff that Dark Horse has been publishing over the last 15, almost 20 years. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't think any of that's going to be in continuity, although I have seen that Marvel's reprinting a bunch of that stuff um, in new graphic novels, which is oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's cool. Wow, so they bought the whole thing. They bought. They have yeah. the rights to Conan now. Yeah, yeah. Why? Kit and Caboodle. Um, because they made a lot of money off Star Wars a few years ago, and huh. maybe they think they can do it again with Conan. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I mean, yeah. it, who knows? Uh, probably Dark Horse's license expired, and Marvel thought, well, they've been doing pretty good with Conan. Maybe we should give that a shot, because they, uh, they first got the Conan license in, like, 77, I want to say, and they held it until, like, the mid-'90s. So oh. they they like most Conan comics are Marvel books. Yeah, those giant sided ones were yeah. like I yep. remember those. Mm-hmm. those. were getting those at the gas station, the gigantic magazine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like six years old and it's as big as my torso. Right. <laughs> um, was those the old Savage Store stuff that was in black and white too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were yeah. Classic. I used to, I'd get those and I'd color the crap out of them and everything <laughs> as a kid. Like I, I loved those, man. I, I was a Conan nut. I've got a just because. Just giant comic book that right. was almost as big as me, and I can sit there and color it. Right. It was great. Yeah. It was so much yeah. fun. That's fantastic. Uh, I've got a handful of those, um, and they, yeah, they're a lot of fun. To I, I, I like the one-shot stories, especially with stuff like Conan and Red yeah. Sonja, where like, hey, it doesn't matter that I don't have the full run. Like, I can just read an issue and like, okay, cool. Like, there's that adventure, and the last page is like, oh, and here's what's going to happen next issue. And I was like, well, I don't know. Yeah, if it was I'll kind ever of nice because they didn't have like super connected stories, but right. they have like kind of like, oh, hey, this character pops up again and continuing. Like, oh, Conan's fighting him again. Yeah. And this is why they don't like each other and you know kind of thing right like, it wasn't like oh i didn't read the last issue i don't know what's going on right no it, yeah. so th- and the, were, the last page is the next time on conan yeah, it, yeah they were they were a lot of fun <laughs> yeah um but speaking of reboots now that you mentioned that uh boom studios put out the buffy the vampire slayer reboot comic yeah um, i haven't seen that yet but it just I came, out it came out two days ago as of this recording so it came out this this past wednesday um the 24th or whatever that was mm-hmm. i don't know what day it is um wait so you mean so did Whedon stop his run? Yeah. So yeah. so <laughs> strangely, God, when was that? <laughs> so uh, it, it it just happened in like October. Like it, okay. it just ended. Um, season ten was like the, the ten or eleven. Like it only I've, lasted like five or six issues, and then yeah, like that I was think, it. Like it it got cut off. It might have been the start of twelve. Actually, it may have been. I think it was. Yeah, whatever it was. Because I know season ten ended, in a, and they started a new one with another character that was just bizarre. Okay. So unless that one didn't end. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't remember. I, I, I you know, I, I read most of season eight when that came out, yeah. and I never, I just, I didn't keep up with season nine. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. Whedon's still, you know, quote unquote, executive producer on the new one. Um, but Jordi Belair, who's normally a colorist, is writing this one. Hmm. Um, and I picked that up, and it, it is a straight, like, hit, reset on everything reboot. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. It opens up like Buffy meets Willow and Xander on, like, page three. And Whoa. we meet Giles on, like, page six. <laughs> um, huh. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is a straight, like, like, Buffy has just moved to Sunnydale. Um, Willow and Xander are best friends. We, you know, she already knows Giles, and like they Here's, find they they catch her killing a vampire outside of the fast food restaurant. That so they're at. this one also takes place post movie. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the movie has happened. 
But so it's not a complete reset. It's right. Okay, okay. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And Buffy does <laughs> look like uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, and Willow looks like Allison Hannigan, and Xander looks like Nicholas Brendan. Is that that's yes, right? correct? Yeah. Um, Giles looks like Anthony Stewart Head, and Anya looks like Emma Caulf- Caulfield. Oh wow, she's already in it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wait wow. a minute. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyanka's already there. Uh huh. Huh? Well, not we don't know about Anyanka. We, there's, well, there is just a girl named Anya in it that looks like Emma Caulfield. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and Joyce kind of looks like Christine Sutherland, but not quite. <laughs> Do they bring uh, back Cordelia? Uh, haven't seen her yet. Don't okay. know. Um, the only scenes we've seen at the school take place in the library, and there's like one in a hallway where they, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, the Buffy and or um, Willow and Xander see Buffy go into the library. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, nothing. But if okay, but if, yeah. if Whedon has anything to do with this, you can't rely on any of that. That's absolutely true. There's no telling what is actually <laughs> happening if he had a hand in it. Yeah, that's, so that's just just for the record. Yeah, yeah. if you read the other comic stuff that he did for the post TV series, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. It went off the rails at some point. It's just <laughs> bizarre yeah. world. Like, just what am I? This is Buffy. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was a strange acid trip on some of those issues, man. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Who is? Uh, what was? Uh, I guess it doesn't matter if it's spoilers now. But the guy that uh, that Angel played for a while um, with the hood that got a oh in the comic. Um, oh, oh, I, I can't know. remember. Yeah, he had the. The mask and everything, and he was like some yeah. bad guy, and then it turned out it was Angel. Was it Twilight? That was, was that his name? Twi- I think yes. it might have been. Twi- it was Twilight. Twilight. Okay, yes. it was Twilight. Yeah. Right. Which was an ironic, like yeah. a, a, a weird coincidental name. To, <laughs> I think they were trying to poke fun a little bit at the Twilight vampires. I think, I think it I came think out. So. I think they came out at the same time. I think it was just yeah, one think, of those I like think the books were already out when they okay they I'm may have been. but sure they weren't they weren't they weren't they weren't like no 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 it wasn't the craziness that it was yet. I think I think it was a tongue in cheek like. His name's yeah. Twilight. Oh, guess what? It's actually a vampire. Yeah. You know, yep. kind of thing. So, I think that was the, the rub on that one. But yeah, like that whole thing went crazy when mm-hmm. they like birthed a universe. Like, it's like yes. what is going on? Yeah. yeah. That, those comics got insane for a little bit. But I'm glad to see they're back. It'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, maybe keep it a little bit more grounded back just to vampires and weirdness. Uh, maybe. I mean, so far, so far, it's, yeah. there's, there's a, been a, there were a couple of vampires and then someone showed up at the end and I'm not, it looked like Vampire Willow, but that could have just been the artist, like, happened, like, coincidentally happened to have a similar hairstyle. Maybe it's Drusilla. Mm. Uh, could be. Because mm. Drusilla had that long hair. Yeah skinny body thing you know yeah yeah so there there was someone that showed up at the end that I didn't recognize but I feel like I was supposed to but you know caricatures are only ever so good yeah. right uh, yeah and that's not a knock on the artist it's it's also like I haven't watched Buffy in probably a decade so <laughs> well yeah, there's your problem the right the there like this is so insane right. like it's kind of hard right <laughs> gotta do the thing like Kevin Smith when he introduces uh, Cockknocker yeah on like, hey kids it's Mark Hamill yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah, but it was it was a lot of fun, and I I bought it just like well, let me see how this Buffy reboot is because I do like Buffy, even though I haven't you know I don't rewatch it every year or anything. Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, let me let, you know, and I knew we were we were gonna have Tom on this week, and I knew he's a big Buffy fan. Um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, no, which is great. Um, uh, and I thought, yeah, let me let me have this. So we have something to talk about. And um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, Tom, did you read the Angel series as well that went on during the same time as the Buffy one? The comic? yes, yeah. yeah what do you think uh, about the Angel uh, the, after the fall? Yeah, after the fall, and then the yep. con- all the continuation of that until they roped it over into uh, to the Buffyverse. I I thought the after the fall stuff was better than the actual Buffy comics that we were putting out at the time. 
I got as I know I finished season eight of Buffy for sure. Mm-hmm. We might have got a little bit into nine, and I got to um, the conclusion of After the Fall, and then some of the little tight like sidebar spinoffs that happened with yeah. Spike and stuff like that. But then I I think that's about when we stopped for financial reasons. Yeah, no, understandable. Couldn't quite keep it up. But, Those Spike uh, one offs though, they were fantastic as well. They did uh, one of them with uh, they brought back from the Angel the TV show with what they did the, ep- the episode with the puppets and everything where everybody gets turned into yeah. Puppet. Like they did a full <laughs> issue with that. It's absolutely hilarious. One of the, oh yeah, my favorite yeah. comics of all time. I've got I've got that one in hardback and everything just, to, <laughs> just so I can keep that one. It's it's a great one. Yeah, I did. I remember. Well, one of the I'm sitting in my office. I've got a bunch of my signed stuff from various cons, and I've got uh, an Angel After the Fall that was signed by Alexis Denisoff. Um, oh, nice! That, that he's on the on the cover, and I that one always was troubling for me because when they killed him in Angel it was it was such a great and earned death for that character and such yeah. a great arc from the first time we meet him in Buffy and then to bring him back and after the fall as the ghost character was like yeah I, I, it's good to see you I'm always happy to see you brother but you died like can't we just <laughs> have that that Jenny Calendar moment of actual shit is real like you know you're dead yeah it, you know it, 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 it kind of felt like I almost expected that for Giles or uh, for um, Wesley just because he was like basically the tragic character, you know. Yeah, <laughs> everything oh God, he touched yeah. always got just completely screwed. So at the end, he sacrifices himself and still gets screwed. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think one of the one of my all time favorite television moments is with him in the Angel series, uh, where the guy who he believes is his dad grabs uh, grabs what's her name. Um, uh, Fred grabs Fred and is, is threatening to kill her, and he just unloads a magazine on this. Like, doesn't even hesitate. Yeah, <laughs> just empties it. And I was like, "That's the boldest choice I have seen on television in forever." Oh my yeah. god, that was just genius. Yeah, that, then they that kind of pulled the rug out a little bit, but amazing. Oh, it was. It was uh, yeah, they had some really good stuff, and I did not like Angel at first. I was I was a slow convert to Angel, but uh, they really took it in sort of a, a very much more mature direction than than Buffy was going to head. I think. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was mm-hmm. a good one. It was a good one. But you know what? I mentioned James on the Bob a little while ago. Sure. And did you hear the news that the sequel got p- picked up? I I did hear that There's, there has been some scuttlebutt about a, yeah, a sequel yeah. slash reboot well, a, a kind of thing. A studio signed on with old Kevin Smith. They're going to okay. start doing pre-production stuff apparently. So interesting. Yeah. So we're going to get a sequel to Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> should be <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Should be very interesting. <laughs> I got to be honest, man. I probably about two years ago, it was it was like all the Kevin Smith stuff dropped on Netflix, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, I haven't watched Jane Silent Bob Strike Back in a long time. And I got like maybe forty minutes into it, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Oh man, I love that. <laughs> I loved it so much, but I don't know if my taste changed or just like well, I'm yeah. not where Kevin Smith was when he wrote that anymore, or or what. Um, yeah, I, I mean, hey, it's been when the movie came out, like two thousand one, somewhere right? around something there, like yeah. that. So like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so hey, he's got you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty years, whatever more oh, yeah. experience writing. So I I hope it's something that you know speaks to me now. But uh, yeah, that was <laughs> I was so sad that I, I was like I I used to love this. What happened? I still watch it and just kind of think of where I was at the time when it came out, and it always just makes me laugh just because thinking of you know situations mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. where I was. I'd do that with a lot of movies, and I just oh, God, I love Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Will Ferrell in that movie just kills me still to this day. Yeah, he's just yeah. <laughs> Well, he is insatiable. 
Loved that. Oh, man. But uh, as a little bit of other news, uh, you, you're a Nintendo guy. Did you hear about Metro Prime 4? I, I heard that it was happening. Yeah, well, Nintendo announced today that they're just handing the reins on that over to Retro Studios. So the people that made the first one okay. have begun free raid to start from scratch and just go make Metroid Prime 4. That's... Instead of Nintendo doing it in-house, they're like, mm-hmm. no, we're just going to let Retro, Retro do it. That's probably a good decision. Actually. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's fantastic. Retro yeah. did such a good t- job with the other Metroid Primes that they needed to be given this one, I feel like. And mm-hmm. it's it, I can't wait for it now. Like That will be, if I don't have a Switch by then, that will be what I pick up a Switch for, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to hear about that. And uh, also in gaming news today, if you're a fan of horror games, Resident Evil 2... Yeah. The remake came out today. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends shared way too many screenshots of that on Facebook today, and I had to block him because uh, <laughs> some good. of them were really violent. And I was like, oh, no, I don't need to see this yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Good Resident Evil. But I'm, I'm excited about that one because they take the, both the characters in different directions. It, it's mm-hmm. a remake of Resident Evil 2, but it's not a panel or a... It's shot for shot remake. I'm trying to think how to put that. Why did you yeah. put that in a video game? Not shot for shot or panel for panel. It's uh, not a well, sprite by sprite remake. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because Resident Evil 2 still followed the format, right, where like you enter the room and you have like a fixed camera shot, yeah. right? And this one's more of just the, the over-the-shoulder third-person view yeah, most of the well, time, right? Yeah, that and then also the first one uh, you played through as one of the characters. Right. And then your next playthrough was more or less the same thing with the other character. Okay. And then you get another playthrough for it where it was like an alternate path for for the characters, right? Okay. Whereas this one, they completely redid the majority of the story. It's still like the major plot points are going to mm-hmm. be there. You're still in Raccoon City. There's still a zombie outbreak. You're still right. trying to get out of the city, and there's still going to be a bomb coming. But it's everything that happens in between is now, completely different. Is, is it? So is it? Oh God! Is it Jill and Leon? Yeah, and Leon and oh uh, no, it's Leon and Claire. Claire. Okay. Yeah, Claire so Redfield now, and Leon Kennedy. Right. So now Leon goes one way, Claire goes the other way, rather than just you play. Yeah, the same you play through twice. the same class. Yeah, okay. exactly. So okay. it, it doesn't matter how you do it. You're going to get a different experience for both the characters. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's Resident Evil, so I'm sure there's going to be you know beat it this fast. You're going to get all kinds of unlocks and do sure. this, do, do that right. kind of thing. Uh, so it should be fun, and, and we're interested to see. The, the just the comparison between this and Resident Evil Seven because Seven was so good. Was it? Okay. It was a first person mode or okay. version. Okay. But it was it was a return to the original Resident Evil as far as like the mansion and the puzzles and just the the not having. Uh, I'm trying to think how to put it. Like the the zombies or creatures that are coming at you slow and it's more mm-hmm. of like a slow terror, not this okay. constant everything's coming at you fast like they right. were doing with six and five and okay. just yeah. over action. It was a lot more strategic and returned to the original Resident Evil. I gotta be honest, I uh, I think the only Resident Evil games I've really spent any time with were the first one and then four on the GameCube. Oh man. Um, yeah. Well horror is not my scene. That's you know? fair enough, fair enough. Um, only time I might have to let you borrow a GameCube, and I've got like the remake of one, two, three, oh, and uh, I'm pretty sure there's three GameCubes in my house. Actually, oh, are there? Bet- okay. Well, between well, me and all the roommates, yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, sure. one of the things I love about the GameCube, <laughs> they put out that remake Resident Evil One, and then they put mm-hmm. out it was just a direct port of two and three, right? And with like the upgraded graphics. Evil, yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, two and three were just direct ports. Oh, okay. They were just it was slightly, you know, yeah. what I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. But uh, one was completely redone. Okay. Like two is this right? Because because wasn't wasn't it Resident Evil Zero was the remake of the first one? No, Resident Evil Zero was an entirely new one. For the game, yeah. See, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that one took place uh, right before one did with, uh, and I can't remember her name. There was the little medic girl uh, that you rescue in the first one. If you're playing as Chris, yeah, I just can't, I can't think of her name off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, it was that. So it was leading up to one, and then they put out the remake of one, 
which is continuation of the story, and then they put out the, the couple other ones, and then four came out for GameCube as well, which right. was four was a lot such of fun. a good game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, what's your Resident Evil history, if any? Ugh, not very much. Okay. Not very much. Yeah. Uh, I think I currently my game systems consist of a PlayStation One and a PlayStation Two. <laughs> so that really, is... yeah, just a PlayStation <laughs> Two then. Still though, yeah. good Resident <laughs> Evil games on both those platforms. It's true. It's some true. Code Veronica, some original, you know, yeah, Resident Evil, I mean, Resident Evil Two, yeah, like Resident first, Evil like, Three. Yeah. It's the first ten years. Of Resident there was Evil a bunch of really bad there. Resident Evil games on the PS2 as well. Were there? Yeah. <laughs> I there think was, I have was, one of those. Yeah, like I have one. Outbreak or something like that. It was like a first-person, like, corridor shooter. It was really bad. Yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was one I, I tried for a half hour to an hour. It's like, nope, not really. Not, not, not happening. <laughs> so are you a bit of a retro gamer there? Yeah, mostly because I'm old and I don't have the patience for anything else. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> Tend to beat a game and then play that one over and over again. That's, that's been my that's MO. Fair. Although I did recently discover Minecraft. My kid finally talked me into to getting Minecraft for him on the Xbox. And, it's just digital uh, Legos. Isn't it so much fun? It is really kind of cool. I'm a little stunned at how much fun it has been. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating game, actually. Um, we don't do the... Uh, I, we don't... Because he's a seven, so we don't allow any of like the uh, multiplayer type stuff and the chatting and all that. Yeah, kind of no, stuff. that's he, perfectly he just, understandable. Yeah, he just does the, the creative mode, but just the, the stuff that he comes that. up with. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, no, this Minecraft is, it, like, I made the mistake of kind of like, oh, that looks terrible and stupid, and, you know, and then yep. one day I actually tried it and went, oh, my God, this is amazing, and then 100 hours yeah. later I had built insanity and, you know. So that experience <laughs> you just said, Josh, is why I haven't played it. Yeah. Because I know how I can be with things, uh, and I, <laughs> I, I know that, like, it, when I find the games that I like, that's kind of all I do for a little bit. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I already have problems, like, not reading comics at times. Uh, <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah, I, I took a day off, and uh, my roommate <laughs> showed up one day, and uh, he was like, hey, man, what you do today? I was like, oh, I built these roads. And I, like, heard what I said. <laughs> As I said it, went, okay, I'm done playing Minecraft. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, year, years ago, I downloaded the 10-day the trial of World of Warcraft, and I was like, Oh, this is this is dangerous. Yeah, like, I can't. I, did I can't not do this. Ever pick up. Yeah, no. I, yep. I played. I played for the ten days, and I played nine of those ten days, and I played about nine days of those ten <laughs> days, uh, and somehow managed to fit college and work in uh, between Warcraft. And I was like, "Yep, that's I'm not." A lot of people can't do that. The reason I never touched that's those why is, I stopped. Yeah, it's because <laughs> I, I was thinking about it, and then right when I was thinking about starting to get into that or the first Final Fantasy online one, mm-hmm. a friend of mine was going started going through a really nasty divorce because he was playing too much of those. Those games, and his wife was going. It was like, yeah, I don't think I want to. Yeah, get into that. It just yeah. sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, um, I like video games too much. I don't need one that's addictive. <laughs> I, right, and addiction runs on both sides of my family already. Yeah. Right, yeah. so uh, yeah, that's why I, I stay away from cell phone games as much as possible. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> just, I, I think I'm down to just Scrabble on mine. Yeah, uh, there you go. Or, there or you Words go. with Friends, whatever, whatever not Scrabble version everyone's playing. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I, so yeah, I, I haven't I haven't dug into Minecraft because of that. So <laughs> that's fair. That's fair, man. A uh, little bit of uh, television news. Okay. Daredevil season two came out and abruptly got canceled. <laughs> Three. Oh. Or not Daredevil. I'm sorry. Punisher. Punisher, Punisher. season two. Oh. And abruptly got canceled. Oh. I apologize. Okay. Oh. It's good. I was thinking of Daredevil because yeah. that also got canceled while we were on break. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of like Disney said they're going to do their own streaming service and pull all their stuff off Netflix, and Netflix said, fine, we're not going to make any more of your shows, Disney. Yeah. You want us to pay uh, what to keep the license? Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I gotta, how fun was that? You can't do anything with it for three years. I, Go. I got to be honest. As soon as Disney said, we're doing our streaming service, I'm like, oh, so all the Marvel shows are over. Yeah. Like, mm, Yeah, I pretty much yeah. knew that immediately. Yeah. Um, but season two uh, had one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen on a television show. Yeah, in a couple of the episodes. Okay. Yeah, just the choreography in that. They should have hired whatever guy did that for Iron Fist. <laughs> uh, well. Just, just the it was. It, they were some great fight scenes, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I need to find out because just the way they looked, it looked a lot like uh, in Aquaman when they were doing his fight scenes and just making him just beating the crap out of people <laughs> just indiscriminately mm-hmm. it was a lot of that just yeah. just the Punisher going crazy and it was a lot of fun to watch the, the okay. villains were kind of meh who, but just the, who the, were those fight scenes against any named characters at all or um, were they just against random if I can, thugs not to spoil later episodes the uh-huh. like the first one that you like get you into the episode is just yeah. against thugs okay like just nameless people there's some really good fight scenes later on that mm-hmm. are against other characters, but it's kind of spoiler to say like who he's fighting later on because you don't really know what's going to happen as it's Got it. season develops. Okay. So. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I don't want to give anything away because it's just brand new. So it's going right. to be like, oh yeah, he's fighting. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a character that's original to the Netflix show though that is uh, a big major plot okay. point in the series. So it was okay. a really neat character. I enjoyed that. Okay. Uh, so, but yeah, the series is or the show as a whole, great. I loved it. Cool. So it was yeah. a little bit slower than the first season, but. I kind of expected that a little bit because, you know, Frank Castle's dead and everything. I mean, you know. and honestly, there's only so much you can do with the Punisher anyways, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, uh, and after Dolph Lundgren, I mean, how are you going to protect that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That hurt. That hurt. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I still enjoy that Dolph Lundgren Punisher that's, movie. That's I'm okay. I'm not going to lie. That's, you know, we all, we all have our things that yeah. we're just like, hey, you I know. I just because Dolph Lundgren and because of being a kid and he was He-Man. Right. just something about like, oh, yeah, I'll watch Dolph Lundgren movie. Sure. <laughs> Oh my god, that's Maybe awesome. Giddy when he was in Aquaman just because of that. I was like, yes! <laughs> He's the master of the universe! I, dude, I did not recognize him in Aquaman. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, because he's got the red hair, right? Yeah. And so, like, like it, and he's old now. And yeah, like, his voice, man, is so distinct to me. It just as soon as I hear him, I'm like, oh. I, I was just, I was looking for Ivan Drago when I heard he was in it, and I didn't see Drago because a he was wearing armor, and b wasn't a boxer, and yeah. and c was red haired, and d was old. I don't man, those cheekbones <laughs> and that voice, just like it's I, as soon it's Dolph Lundgren. as soon as uh, my buddy was like, no, that was Dolph Lundgren. I was like, oh crap! It totally was, <laughs> but just yeah, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't catch it right away. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of Aquaman, it passed the one billion mark, so it's DC's most oh successful God. movie by far. Wow, um, and that's, uh, that's better than the first phase of Marvel movies did. Yeah, well, it, it did. Gangbusters, especially overseas, yeah, man. It yeah. did gangbusters yeah. overseas. It outperformed a lot of movies overseas. Um, Why? It was great. What, what's the secret of Aquaman? What, what was? It's Jason it. Momoa. It's yeah. Well, he's a good-looking man. Don't get me wrong, but what, I mean, really, is that it? Uh, the thing about Aquaman is like, it's actually fun. Like, it's a really fun movie. Yeah, I think a lot of people saw it and they saw kind of like the similar to like the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer when that came out. It was one of those like, oh, really? Guardians of the Galaxy? They're like, nobody. And then you see the trailer and you go, oh, wow, that looks really neat. Yeah. And then it's kind of the same thing with Aquaman. Like, I, I one of my, <laughs> my family members that I took to go see it, uh, he's actually the one that got me into comics when I was a kid. And he's always trashed Aquaman my entire life. <laughs> he's always made fun of Aquaman. And uh, it was mostly coming from the uh, Super Friends show and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, 
It, just, it cracked me up because I was like, yeah, we're going to go see it. It's like, I don't want to go watch somebody talk to fish for two hours. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, we're going to go see it, we're going to see it. And he walked out of the movie loving it. He was just like, okay. I, he's like, they, they redeemed him from the cartoon when I was a kid. He's yeah. like, I got to give it up. All right. There, he's, I, um, so I, I actually, I won tickets to go see it for free uh, and got to see it on the IMAX that way, which is great. But then a couple weeks later, my mom came down and like we do Christmas movies, mm-hmm. right? But she's up in Sedona now. So she comes down. We do like usually the weekend before. Um, and so I took her and my brother um, and and we went um, and at the end of the movie, all of like my mom liked it and my mom doesn't like action movies. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, I, something about that movie. Like, it, there's, there's just kind of something I for think everyone. It's James Wan is what it is. The director? Yeah, could be. I really do could think be. it is. Like that guy. I don't like Fast and the Furious movies. Sure. I really liked the one that he did. I didn't know he had even done that one. Okay. Until and I'm a fan of him with the Conjuring universe and everything. I didn't uh-huh. even realize he had done that Fast and the Furious movie until they went, oh yeah, he's has two franchises that made over a billion dollars in a single movie. And I went. What? <laughs> like, what are you talking? What other like? It's got to be something from The Conjuring, right? I didn't know those did that well. Nope, Fast and the Furious movie. Huh? Yeah. So huh. He, he's got over two one million dollar movies under his head. Him and James Cameron, the only two people to have a single movie in two different franchises by one director to make over a billion dollars. Oh my God! Were, That's was insane. It Avatar and Titanic for Cameron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I don't even know if you can get those as franchises, but okay. Well, actually, no, I think it might have been the Terminator and Titanic that they counted because it's franchises. Or not Titanic, uh, Terminator and uh, Avatar. Avatar, hmm. I think it might have okay. been my, I don't one know. of the Terminators. I don't know. I think because Terminator 2 gets adjusted for inflation. Oh, okay. It, okay, yeah. I think that's how it yeah, works. Yeah. In 1991 money, that did not make a billion dollars. Yeah, I think that's how it works. <laughs> that we can keep some of those older directors like, come on, man. Like, this movie, everybody in the world saw this movie, yeah. but it only yeah. cost $2 to go see yeah. it. That's not fair. They no, adjusted and, for inflation. I mean, Terminator 2 is my favorite movie, and I own, like, 17 copies of it somehow. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, Jaws is one of the most financially successful movies of all time, but... <laughs> but it made eight bucks. Yeah. Because <laughs> tickets were a nickel. Today, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's just one of those things, like, they got to adjust for those kind of things to uh, do it, but not James Wan, though, because those yeah. movies have come out They're in the last, last couple years. years. Yeah. So it just, it's, um, it, you know, got to give him credit where credit's Speaking due. of movies that are making surprisingly a lot of money, uh, I saw Bumblebee last weekend. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. Somebody else told me that it was really good. Uh, so, you know, this, I avoided it. This, the story of me with the live-action Transformers movies is I went and I saw the first one wearing a Decepticon shirt, and I walked out of that movie with my hoodie zipped up. Yeah. Um, and and um, Tom, you know how big of a Transformers fan I am, right? Like, I do. The first time Absolutely. I was over here, I, was, I, I went through your toy box and built Devastator. Yep. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I didn't even own as a kid. Like, I'd never built a Devastator before. I was like, these are all oh, Constructicons. Wow. I, well, I can figure this out. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I was like, you know, okay, I didn't see any of the other live-action ones, and I, I, I just kept hearing, like, Bumblebee's pretty good, Bumblebee's pretty good, Bumblebee's pretty good, and I went and saw it, and I'll tell you, Bumblebee's pretty good. That's what I heard, too. It's not great. It's not going to change your mind. But uh, it's not gonna like you're not gonna be like, well, I hated Transformers before, but I love them now. Unless you're you know eight. Um, see, a couple <laughs> people that I talked to said that it changed their mind enough to where if they make another one, they'll mm-hmm. go see that one. As long as it has to do with this Bumblebee movie or something going forward with these people. Uh huh. Yeah. Like that, that, that was yeah. enough to where people were like, 
you know what? I wouldn't have gone and seen anything from the other the number Transformers uh-huh. movie, and I saw this as a, just a one-off, and it worked. Someone uploaded on the Transformers subreddit a couple weeks ago, uh, or, or or last week, um, just like the first minute and a half of the movie, mm-hmm. and it's all a big CGI set piece of of Optimus and RC and Ratchet and Brawn and like all the original G1 Transformers looking like updated Generation One Transformers. Nice. Just and, hmm. and like Soundwave and and Starscream and, and Skywarp and like Shockwave and like all like they're all like yeah I know who that character is just by glancing at him because he looks like he did in the old cartoon nice um, oh. and just that first couple minutes I was like okay that was really cool I watched this on my phone I kind of want to see it on the big screen yeah and I was see, like that was okay. one of my biggest problems with the first of the Transformers numbered movies was mm-hmm. because I was always a fan of the Decepticons and like Starscream is my favorite and it's like that doesn't look like Starscream no nor did he no. Like, uh, yeah. no, he looked like a giant moldy Dorito yeah, uh, and kind of like I don't know, like a cockroach had a Dorito on his back and was flying through the air. Right, like, right. It was really weird looking. And he didn't have the Cobra Commander voice, right? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't going to be leader of the Decepticons. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. He he was just like, ah, as you command Megatron. Yeah, right. And it was like, all right, well, that's that's not exciting at all, right? And even I can even get them doing like a slight character change if they at least made him look like Starscream. So you'd be like, oh yeah, the red and white one. Uh huh. That's Starscream. Right. Gotcha. Yep. Okay, right. Yeah. You know. No, but. He was brown and tan, and silver mostly. <laughs> and, and, like, yeah. Well, all of them are are gunmetal and silver in the yeah, Michael Bay movies. Much, like, yeah. I don't know who anyone is because they're all just big gray messes. Yeah. At least the Autobots I could tell apart in the first Michael Bay one because they all they, they all had colors. Yeah, and they, they were they at the least, wrong they colors, but they were colored. Resembled, <laughs> you know, to be like, okay, Austin's trying to yeah. my truck. He's got flames on him. For some reason, right? But I get it because you know all those eighteen wheelers with flames on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same time. Uh, and Bumblebee was yellow, and uh, yeah. Ratchet was neon green instead of white, and Ironhide was black instead of red, and Jazz was silver instead of white. Yeah, because this is how you make things that the fans will like. I guess is do everything wrong. Anyways, the Bumblebee movie did a lot less wrong. Yeah, um, <laughs> it made way less money. It it yeah, but also Ironically. cost less money. Is the that's thing. true. That's true. It caused all. <laughs> so it didn't have Michael Bay's explosion <laughs> budget. So no. It, it, <laughs> it, it, yeah. Um, I I I kind of want a sequel to that. Um, like I, mm. I I would go see I would go see it again if someone wanted to go see it. I would yeah. go. Uh, I would I would see a, a Bumblebee two. Um, um, and it, it, the other thing that's great is it's it's actually really safe for kids. Like, there's nothing in that movie that's questionable, yeah. unlike every part of everything I've seen about the Michael Bay movies. Yeah. Like, mm. there's no Megan Fox bending over the hood of a car, you know? <laughs> there's there's <laughs> no Bumblebee lubricating a human or anything. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just a fun family movie about a girl that finds a VW bug that turns out to be an alien robot, and they end up being friends. That and sounds so risky. So it's like Mac I, I mean, in Hollywood terms, that sounds like a very risky move to make. It's E.T. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's E.T. for teenagers. Wow. <laughs> or E.T. with teenagers, sense. rather. Um, Tom, honestly, if you took your son to go see it, like, I, I think he would have a good time. And oh, I don't, sure. I don't think that there's anything in that movie um, 
that would be bad. Like, I, I, I think it's actually safer than the 86 Transformers movie for a lot of kids. Yeah, actually, have the 86 Transformers are a little dark. As, as well, a matter of fact, <laughs> Optimus doesn't die in this movie. So, that's a, that's a good, I mean, he has the soundtrack. He loves, he knows what happens, but he okay. hasn't actually had to see Optimus go down. So, I'm a little apprehensive about that. <laughs> I, I, I was younger than him when I saw that movie. Uh, and look what happened. I. <laughs> Look what happened. It's 30 years later, and I'm still obsessed with the damn things. <laughs> well, hey, Tom, you know what? We are almost out of time, and I want to give you a chance to go ahead and plug your website and everything so people can get some of your books, because I just started the first one on reading of yours, and I'm loving it already, so I'm going to be reading yeah. it. Yeah, thanks. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll lend you some more. Yeah, keep them covered. So. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think I've got all nine of your I, I might have 11 of your books somehow, and, and you've only published nine. I don't know how that worked, but... Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> suspicious. I, I, lent, yeah. I, I lent Josh a couple of them. Uh, I gave him Sick and Hellworld and Rebellion, the Scorpion War. Oh yeah, that's an actually that is unpublished. That that was just something I tried for Con as a marketing thing to see if it would work, and apparently it did because we sold out. So oh, I don't know okay. what's going to happen so, with that yet. Okay, I didn't realize I owned a book that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, impressive. You do. Okay, well you can read that one. And <laughs> yeah, no I, one else will. Yeah, yeah, I feel special. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, how do we get more of your books? How do, how do we find you, man? So the best way on any kind of social media, as long as you spell my last name correctly, which is L-E-V-E-E-N, you will find me, Tom Levine, uh, at Tom Levine on Twitter, Instagram, uh, on Facebook, it's author Tom Levine, and then the website is TomLevine.com. So any of those will work just fine. Excellent. And uh, you, I checked out your website uh, yesterday, and you can order books straight off of that. So are you available on Amazon as well, or is it just through your oh, website? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, Amazon is good. Um, for, for all of the, the readers who are listening, if you have favorite authors, the number one best thing you can do to support an author is to buy books at the bookstore. Uh, independents okay. are good, of course. Uh, Barnes & Noble is a close second, and then Amazon is like third down third down the list good to know good um, to know mm-hmm. and then yeah that's that's the number one or if you can't and this is the other thing that a lot of people don't know if you're one of these people like myself sometimes who cannot afford to buy brand new books at the bookstore that's cool go get it at the library if the library doesn't have it throw a big tantrum with the librarian until they <laughs> order it that works too that's totally okay we get credit yeah. for that so hey you know <laughs> that avoid the, library. The, the book available for more people if they mm-hmm. want to read it too so mm-hmm. that's actually not it, a bad yeah. thing either no, libraries are fantastic. We, yeah. we far from being, you know, oh, you don't get paid. With, like, no, we do. That's that going to the library and getting books is a fantastic thing to do. Excellent, excellent. And then, do we want to plug your YouTube thing that you do on Wednesdays? Yeah, every Wednesday night uh, at eight o'clock Arizona time, which is Mountain Standard, we do a uh, YouTube show live stream um, that it's currently called Tom Levine Live because we haven't found another good name for it. And um, not it, we go all over the place. We range on around all kinds of topics. But coming up in the next couple of weeks here, I'm going to have a local artist, Frank Gonzalez, who's really fantastic. We'll be talking about art and you know making a living as an artist, that kind of thing. I'm going to have a crime scene investigator retired crime scene investigator guy come in and tell us some of his more horrific stories and how um, authors use guys like that to, to work on books and um, then I think I'm, I have a friend of mine who uh, or a couple of folks who have done some ghost hunting things we're going to interview them and see what that's all about we just nice. kind of range all over the place and again if you uh, just go to search Tom Levine on YouTube and you'll find me there excellent man well thank you for being on the show today we really appreciate it no thanks for having me yeah um, I guess that's it I, yeah. I, otherwise you can find the rest of us you can find us at Atomic Monsoon on 
uh, Twitter and Facebook. It's Atomic underscore Monsoon on Instagram because for whatever reason our actual name was taken or just isn't available. It's not even taken. It's just we just can't not get available. it. Yeah. Uh, you can email us atomicmonsoon at gmail.com. Um, you can listen to all of our episodes at atomicmonsoon.com. Um, just look for Atomic Monsoon on whatever thing on the internet and you'll find us probably. Yeah, more right? than likely. Yeah. And so. you can always go to voiceamerica.com and just go to Atomic right. Monsoon right. and find links. And, and you can listen to us Sundays at 10 Arizona mm-hmm. time in or, or 10 Pacific rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and find us on the Voice America Variety Channel. Yep, as well as Spotify and all kinds of other things. Oh, right, so we're on Spotify now. Yeah, Spotify, yeah. iTunes, all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Feel free to go back, download some old episodes, and uh, definitely reach out to us. Let us know if there's anything particular you want to hear us talk about, or you know, if you want to try to get a specific person for an interview, we yeah. can try. We can call so. them and they'll tell us no. <laughs> or like Tom told us, yes. Yes. Tom was the first know. person I asked, and he said yes. That's so amazing. It's so amazing. far, we're at 100%. All right, nice. everybody, well, you have a great weekend. Be nerdy, and we'll talk to you guys next time. 